I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me by conference call today are the Executive Director of Delaware Winds and the Artistic Director and Conductor, Executive Director Jody Stein and Artistic Director Jordan Kinsey. Welcome both of you to our, to our show. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Uh, really excited to hear about Delaware Winds, a relatively new organization on the art scene. Uh, let's look first at the the origins of Delaware Winds. How did it get started? Whose idea was it? What was the impetus behind it? Uh, I will toss that out to either one of you. Sure, I'll uh, I'll take that one. Um, so Delaware is blessed with a lot of community bands. There's one in, in almost every community scattered throughout the state, and community bands are wonderful. They're they're a lot of fun. Um, it's a great opportunity for people to continue to play, um, but. That's a model that's based mostly on entertainment and playing sort of more popular music um, in the summer times and, and holiday seasons and things like that. What Delaware was missing was an ensemble that played higher level repertoire, um, a little bit more difficult, challenging repertoire that uh, that some musicians are used to playing from their college wind ensemble experiences and things like that. And uh, so I, I looked around, and Maryland has one, Maryland wins. Um, New Jersey has at least one, the Eastern Wind Symphony, but we didn't have anything in Delaware. So I put out some feelers in uh, the summer of 2018, um, just sent out an email to my email list of people that I know, musicians throughout Delaware, and uh, said, what do you think about doing this? Um, I originally expected to have enough musicians to do some sort of chamber wind ensemble with, you know, 12 to 18 players. Uh, and as a surprise to me, I got something like 60 responses back from people throughout the state who said, yes, this is, we want to do this. Um, we, we've been dying for something like this. So um, from that original group, we have about 45, I think, now. Uh, Jody probably has a more accurate number than that. Uh, mm -hmm. We are in our fourth concert cycle right now. Uh, we did our first one in the fall of 2018, and um, it's been uh, it's been a great two years. So, uh, for our listeners who are not as familiar with wind ensembles, what is the collection of instrumentation that you present? It's basically a concert band. Um, the wind ensemble model was was developed in the early 1950s at Eastman with the Eastman Wind Ensemble and and Frederick Fennell. Um, and it's based, the, the most specific wind ensemble model is based on one player per part, as opposed to the traditional concert band where you might have 15 trumpets and 40 clarinets and eight tubas and so on and so forth. The wind ensemble typically is, is one player or two per part. Um, so we only have three tubas, we have five or six trumpets, we have six or eight clarinets. It's, it's a smaller, more agile uh, ensemble than the traditional concert band. Mm -hmm. so and from the late... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead For, from the layperson's perspective, um, it, the difference to me, a symphonic band, a concert band, as Dr. Kinsey said, has many more players per section, but fewer players in a wind ensemble. So it's, it's a cross between a symphonic band and an orchestra, except there are no strings. So okay. in an orchestra, you may have only two flutes, you know, to a few clarinets of each instrument. So it's kind of a hybrid in a way. So, so Jordan, you, you really were the one who ha had the idea of this and reached out to 
your network of musicians. Jody, how did you get involved? Well, I'm a newcomer. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area, and I moved to Delaware a couple of years ago and found out about the ensemble. And as Jordan said, there are many community bands in Delaware that are wonderful, but in my estimation, this is the uh, most challenging and professional ensemble among them. And the mission of the group, this is Jordan's uh, brainchild, is very unique, and I think it's wonderful, and that is to program works by underrepresented voices in the wind band medium, and that is particularly women, African-American composers, and uh, I, I think that's a wonderful thing for the community. So I was happy to get involved. Let's explore that a little more, the, the, the repertoire for the wind ensemble. Uh, I'm assuming there are pieces that are written specifically for wind ensemble, but also pieces that are, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, transcribed is the wrong word, but but uh, arranged no, for wind ensemble. Yeah, transcribed is, is fine. Okay. Um, and we play um, from all of those traditions. Um, we play... Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a tuba player um, myself, and so uh, as a tuba player, if we didn't play transcriptions of music for other instruments, we wouldn't have anything to play. Right, right. So I, I've I've never had a problem with transcriptions, and uh, we we do do um, some orchestral transcriptions on almost every concert. I'm looking. Uh, well, the, the example on this concert coming up in April is is the March from Symphonic Metamorphosis. Uh, of Hindemith, which of course was originally written for orchestra, but that's a that's a good example of a piece that, uh, as Hindemith was was dying, actually he was working with Keith Wilson, who was the director of bands at Yale at the time, to do this wind transcription of the entire symphony. Uh, and Hindemith did. I don't know that he ever heard the wind transcription, but he definitely saw the score. Um, before he passed away, and definitely approved of it, and and there's some indication that he actually thought it was uh, superior toward the, to, to the orchestral version, um, because of the the power and the the capabilities of the wind ensemble versus the orchestra. So that's what's closing our concert in April. Yeah, I'm I'm curious when you transcribe something from orchestra to wind ensemble, is there kind of a standard reassignment of musical parts from violin to flute or clarinet or I mean, how does how does that work uh, there's not really any rules. Okay. Um, typically, you will see the the violin parts transcri- transcribed for clarinet um, and and things like that. Viola parts transcribed for saxophone. Cello parts maybe transcribed for saxophone or mm-hmm. euphonium or, or so on and so forth. But uh, all of those rules are broken constantly. <laughs> so it, it gives the. Uh, the uh, transcriber uh, quite a bit of latitude as to how they reassign. It does. Yeah. And uh, I, I would propose that sometimes the wind transcriptions are considerably more difficult because uh, wind players have to breathe. Right, right. So. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Let's, let's move to the, uh, over to the musicians themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned that you reached out to a network of musicians that you were familiar with. What, what, who are the musicians that you recruit for the wind ensemble? What's their range of expertise, backgrounds, and so on? Great. Um, so the the expectations I set from the beginning was that in order to play in the ensemble, you need to have at least one degree in music. 
or you need to be currently uh, pursuing a music degree. So we have some college students. Um, if you are, if you do currently have a, a degree of some sort, at least one degree in music, you don't have to audition. If you are a current college student, you do have to audition. Um, or if you don't have a music degree, you have to audition. Um, and I know that we have a smattering of, I would say, probably 80% of the ensemble has at least a bachelor's degree in music. We have a lot of master's and doctoral degrees in there as well. Um, and then we have a lot of college students from, from the programs throughout Delaware. And uh, a few players who maybe don't have a music degree but who play at a very high level and were able to, to pass the audition easily. J Jody, why don't you add on there uh, sort of what your background is in music? Well, I'm actually a professional law firm uh, manager, so, but I have been studying music um, since I was a child. I started in the public school system, as many kids do, and um, I decided to take up the flute again as an adult in earnest and uh, got involved with the George Mason University uh, Symphonic Winds up here in the D.C. area. And um, I continued to study. I started teaching privately. And I've been with the City of Fairfax Band for 30 years. And it's just been the greatest, most fulfilling part of my life. So as a teacher, what, what these members of the band are doing, many of them are educators, band directors. That's, that's their career. But... Some are not. We have a dentist who joined us who's an oboist. So to be able to play at a very challenging high level for life, a lifelong pursuit, I think is just the greatest. And, um, you know, not everyone is going to become a music major or become a band director or music educator, but um, it's, it's just the best pursuit from my perspective. And I wanted to add um, to Dr. Kinsey the professional development component of his group in that he has some members who are uh, band directors of middle or high school students, and they each conduct a piece. Um, so it's a great educational opportunity for them, but also for the players because different conductors have different styles, and it really keeps us on our toes. Well, I, I want to um, delve into this more because it's a really interesting topic, but let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 and uh, 1410 WDOV, 1450 WILM. Our guests in the, uh, joining us by phone today are the artistic director and conductor of the Delaware Winds, Dr. Jordan Kinsey, and the executive director, Jody Stein. Uh, with regard to the musicians, uh, we talked a little bit about their backgrounds and experience. Geographically, where do you draw from? The entire state. Uh, we have, well, the entire region, really. We have um, players who come all the way down from the Philadelphia area. Uh, we rehearse in Dover, by the way, okay. uh, which was intentional to be in the center of the state. So we have players that come all the way down from the Philadelphia area, a large contingent that comes down from Wilmington, but that we also have a uh, good contingent that comes up from the beaches. Um, and I, I will add to that while we're on that topic that that's one of the really blessed things about working in Delaware is um, 
those retirement communities down in the beach areas of the state are really filled with a lot of professional-level musicians that have retired to southern Delaware. Uh, we have some Peabody degrees. We have... Um, you know, some, some players that have some really serious training and background in music that chose to retire to Delaware. So, mm-hmm. And, and uh, with drawing from such a wide geographic range, what does your rehearsal schedule look like? We only rehearse once a week um, for nine consecutive weeks, so 6.30 to 8.30 on Tuesday evenings, uh, currently at Polytech High School, which is just south of Dover. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do nine rehearsals uh, and a concert on the 10th Tuesday, uh, and then we're off. So we do one concert cycle in the fall and one concert cycle in the spring. That is to completely avoid the holiday season when so many of our players are playing in community orchestras or community bands, uh, and also avoids the summer season um, when so many of our players are, are playing in either military bands or in community bands during the summer. So we're only in the fall and the spring. You, you actually answered a question that I had in the back of my mind, and that was that uh, the performing arts, uh, musicians, theater people, dance, uh, they are piecemeal uh, vocations and avocations. So many of your musicians are involved in multiple musical organizations. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I am the executive officer of the uh, 395th Army Band, which is an Army Reserve Band in Oklahoma City, uh, in addition to my uh, my main life in Delaware. And I, I know Jody's involved with things as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of members are. Yeah. So, so the musicians, is uh, you've been around since 2018. Uh, are you still working with pretty much the core you began with, or...? How does turnover work? How do you recruit new members, and what what does that look like? Uh, to some extent, I would say we still have the core players. Um, we've had quite a bit of changeover, though. Um, we had, uh, anecdotally, I feel like we had a, a lot of players that wanted to watch us from the wings for a while to see if we survived and got off the ground and and. Uh, also to see if we really played at the level that, that we claimed we were going to. Um, so I, I got a lot of uh, new interest last summer going into our second year of people who had been watching us for a year. Um, we also had some players who played with us for a couple cycles, and it, it was not for them. It was uh, They were not expecting that level of challenge, I think, uh, and that's okay, too. Um, so there has been some change over there. We do have we do have a core of players that have been with us since the beginning. Uh, when we do have an opening in a section, um, we maintain sort of a waiting list of people who who have inquired about playing in the ensemble. Um, and, and again, if they have a, a bachelor's degree at least in music, they go on that waiting list. Um, or we open it up to auditions to fill those fill those positions as they come available. Now, can you speak to how your repertoire has? grown, expanded over the last couple of years, and what considerations go into uh, programming a specific concert? Uh, The repertoire really hasn't uh, changed. We've been able to play um, high-level repertoire from from the very first concert, Um, you know, sort of college-level wind ensemble repertoire. Uh, We didn't really have to grow in that regard. Um, In terms of my own philosophy for uh, program and concert. I, I, I'm a strong believer that you can play high-level, challenging repertoire without being boring. Um, so if you come to our concerts, you are going to hear melody. 
um, it's it's not just going to be all 20th century and 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 forward um, music. Um, and it's a good variety of things. Um, we have at least one march on every concert to to honor that part of our concert band tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's sort of my programming philosophy. We have a we have some time left. Let's start looking at your upcoming concert. I think you mentioned it's coming up in April. Yes, um, we're doing something new um, starting this this cycle where uh, our concerts in the past have all just been in Dover. We've done one concert in Dover, and that's been it. Um, we felt a need to start getting to other parts of the state, particularly since our players come from other parts of the state. So starting with this spring, we're going to do our traditional concert in Dover. We'll always do one concert in the middle of the state, and then we're going to rotate back and forth between the other two counties. So this spring, we're doing um, a concert on April 4th at Mount Pleasant High School in Wilmington. That's a Saturday at 7 p.m. And then we're going to do our Dover concert that following Tuesday, April 7th at 7 p.m. at Polytech High School in Woodside. Um, This concert in the spring is called Band Favorites. Um, Not all of our concerts have a theme, but sometimes it just sort of arises organically. As we were uh, working through the last two years of the ensemble's existence, I was sort of collecting a list of things that people from the ensemble would email me. That The emails usually started with, hey, I played this piece in college, and I really want to play it again. Um, and sometimes those pieces didn't fit on whatever concert we were doing, so I was collecting a list. Mm-hmm. And I decided, with this concert, we're going to call it Band Favorites, and we're going to do all the pieces from that list. Um, so it's a lot of pieces that, that our players... Um, know and love from from their past. We're opening with the overture to um, the movie Dancer in the Dark, which was a Bjork project from the early 2000s. A really beautiful film um, and has a really beautiful dramatic overture. Uh, Then we're going to play Colonial Song by Percy Granger, one of the the great composers for the Wind Ensemble. Um, Then a real band classic, American Overture for Band by Joseph Wilcox Jenkins. then the Vincent Persichetti Divertimento, another band classic from the from the early 1950s. Uh, we're going to join the bandwagon, so to speak, of celebrating Beethoven's 200th anniversary this year, uh, along with all the orchestras and other ensembles from throughout the world, by playing uh, his Rondino, which is an original work for winds by Beethoven uh, for eight players. Jody's playing on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, work by a new modern composer who's who's very big right now in the wind ensemble world, John Mackey. We're going to play his Sheltering Sky. So that's the first half. Uh, second half uh, is a piece by Paul Bassler called Carnival. Um, then the uh, uh, Gabriel Foray uh, Pavan, which is a transcription, of course, from the orchestra uh, orchestra repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, the Elegy of John Barnes' Chance, uh, a very haunting, rather dark work that he wrote at the very end of his life um, when he didn't know it was the end of his life. He died accidentally right after writing this mm-hmm. this elegy, um, which ended up being an elegy for himself. Um, then, it, as, as Jody mentioned earlier, we always include at least one female composer on every concert, and this concert... Um, that is uh, that role is filled by Kate Nishimura, uh, a young composer for the wind wind band repertoire. Uh, we're playing her Chasing Sunlight, and then we close, as I mentioned earlier, with the March from Symphonic Metamorphosis of Hindemith. 
Sounds like a very uh, varied and interesting program with a variety of composers, both uh, classical and contemporary. It shifts gears uh, quite a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this uh, before I forget. Uh, where can our listeners learn more about Delaware Winds? Uh, the best thing to do is follow us on Facebook. Um, it's just facebook.com backslash Delaware Winds. Um, that's where we put uh, all of our concert information. Information to get tickets for our upcoming concert is all on there. Those can all be bought online. And uh, if people are interested in auditioning for the ensemble or being added to the waiting list or whatever, that's all of that information is, is all there. Now, I, we have a minute or two left. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Delaware Winds has the luxury of having... A, an artistic director and a separate executive director. Jody, what what is your role as executive director? Well, as we're a new organization, uh, we'll be developing programs. Um, we will be doing some grant writing, um, you know, to keep the organization going. Mm-hmm. And um, we were lucky enough to get our 501c3 status last fall. So it's it's a process getting organized and becoming, you know, a solid um, um, professional organization, the community for years to come. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty much the head administrator um, to organize all of the, um, you know, procedures that we need to have in place to keep going. And Dr. Kinsey is the brains and the artistic director behind the organization. And um, it's, I, I think that we're going to be around for a long time, and it's a great group. So I hope that people come out and hear us. And Dr. Kinsey always shares interesting anecdotes and educational insights, as he did in this interview about a couple of the composers. So I find that incredibly interesting, but it's also a lot of fun. And so with that, I think something. it's, uh, I, I'm sorry, I hate, I hate to cut you off, but we, I'm looking at the clock here. We're running out of time. Um, I really want to thank both of you, uh, Jordan Kinsey and Jody Stein, for joining us to talk about Delaware Winds uh, and invite our listeners to follow you on Facebook. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for the opportunity, Paul. Thank you.